Welcome to SV Pod with Stanford Steve, Scott Van Pelt. I'm proud to report that in the time since we last spoke, I've gotten a decent amount done. I feel like I'm more prepared for Christmas this week, Steve. I like to hear that. <laughs> yep. Positive yep. vibes only, right? Exactly. Getting uh, stuff done. That's it. The, 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 the hour's approaching. Turn the worm. I, say what? Turn the worm. You flipped. You flipped the capabilities. You're good. All right. Yeah, feel good about it. Hope everybody out there is making use of their time. Whatever you celebrate, celebrate it in good health. Happy Hanukkah. I believe that's the, in the rear view. Got Christmas straight ahead. Basically, all you got to do, folks, is just sit down, be inspired, to get some stuff done, and you can do it. I did, and if I can, you can. How much time did you spend looking for deals or sales? Steve, how long have you known me? (laughs) I'm not a wealthy man. I'm very thankful. I'm well compensated for my time and I appreciate it. I just, if you want to give me, if I'm a new shopper on your site and you want to give me a code, Mm -hmm. I'm happy to get your emails that I delete. (laughs) I don't care. Blanket email me from now until the end of time. I'll take that 10% off. Yes, there we go. Yes, I will. But I mean, if you're asking me if I'm com- doing comparative shopping, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> We're already behind the April. But I, I, the thing I hate, I'll get to a little bit later, actually has to do with the holidays. Not the holidays, but we're lacking something this year, and it's very troubling. Really? Yep. Oh. I want to start with this. Through the years since you've been at ESPN, I've been here 20-something years. How long have you been, how long have you been here? Uh, oh, four. All right. So more than 15. So... Yep. We've been here a long time combined. We have been incredibly lucky to see the best sporting events in the world almost exclusively on somebody's dime. We're on scholarship. We're there to do work. Through the years with Ursillo, I talked about great atmospheres I've seen. Saturday night in Baton Rouge, I go back to the McCarran swing pass. Yeldon. To TJ Yeldon. I've never been in an atmosphere like that in my life. I don't know that I ever will be again. We've seen we've seen sports atmospheres as good as they get. Mm-hmm. Saturday, you were in the Meadowlands for Army Navy. Yeah, you're not easily impressed. <laughs> for those who listen to the podcast, you know the length of stuff my guy's not here for. CVS receipt, it's lengthy. But when my man is moved by something, that gets my attention. Saturday, Army Navy, how good? Exceeded expectations, and you pretty much summed me up pretty good right there. You've known me a while. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've been very, very fortunate, uh, whether it was playing places, going places for work. But it had been a long time, and I was going back, you know, met my brother and my nephews at the game. They drove over from Connecticut, and my brother and I had made it a deal after I got out of college. We would just go. We're going Army-Navy this year. We're going, and we went about four, four or five straight years, I think, and I started coaching and things started changing. His kids started getting older and older and everything. So um, this year I said, let's do it. And, you know, I'll take care of it. Uh, we'll meet up there. And it's everything, Scott. Um, between getting getting off the train in Jersey, Newark, and getting out of the Uber and just seeing the camo and the Army and the Navy and everybody BSing with each other, and then to walk over to game day and see it. 
and to see, you know, the people that are going to be doing the coin toss for the game walk over and just see the the respect that they 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 get and that they have and to see these people and hear them talk about how thankful they are for the season to end with this game. And then everything prior, you know, the tailgates, nobody's, you know, misbehaving. Everybody's just there for it. Like it's it's their it's their state championship. Like it's it's, it's everybody's there. Um, and then the scene when you go in, um, the pregame, uh, the cadets, the middies doing their thing, pregame, dancing, hats off, hats on. Um, and then my brother and I are sitting there because the one we kept talking about was 01 after 9-11 in Philly and that flyover and then uh, W coming out without it telling anybody was one of the most amazing things I've seen in a stadium. Like it was people just absolutely fired up. And with the cloudiness, we weren't sure about the flyovers. And then sure enough, here come, here come the angels. And then Navy comes running out. <laughs> that was and me then, doing a helicopter. Yeah. And then Army, they come out, timed up with their flyover. And right from there, I mean, the rage of energy that that brings and just everybody just looking at each other like this is it doesn't get any better than this. And and then the game. I mean, the game is 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 great because Army comes out. They're the favorite. They come down and score. And then Navy answers. And you're like, holy shit, is the over going to come in here? Uh, we all I, we had Army to score first. We hit that fired up and then it just goes. And then in between breaks, I don't think you get to see it on TV. But one of the amazing things is they brought out the truck, the first truck to get to ground zero in 9-11, ladder five. And they tell the story on the board and they drive that rig out there. And I mean, it's a pickup truck that has been through everything. And to see that and those guys that drove that truck that day to get out of the truck and to feel that, man, like it is just they're, they're not a dry eye in the building. And, and those guys just laying out in the field and then the alma mater and singing second. Like I made my brother, I'm like, I whispered to him as army singing. I'm like, Hey, get your camera out. Because as soon as this army song is over, it is going to explode. And sure enough, a cannon goes off and Navy comes running over there. They're climbing in the first row of the middies and everything. Like, it's just, it's as good as it is. It, it really is. And I'm fired up. I went and thank you to everybody that made it happen. Diego Fago, a legend, a legend for all time. 54, fake punt, was out there. I don't know how many tackles he had. He was in the middle of everything. Neck roll. The whole bit. He jumped up there um, into the midshipman as they sang. And it was it was really cool. On Saturday, um, you actually ran into my wife and my daughter. They were on the train up. They went to uh, Radio City Music Hall, saw the Rockettes. They said it was unbelievable believable like New York City at the holidays if you see it as a cliche or whatever it's too crowded but I'll just tell you that my wife and daughter said it was just phenomenal they they went up there uh, for that but Saturday had my man Sam out for the final flag football oh. uh, practice which actually turned into a game quick story <laughs> my guy my guy got injured and I could tell it hurt him and he kept playing and then I asked if he was okay and then I saw his lip and I'm like he was started quivering. He was ready to go. He, he comes over. I pick him up. I'm like, you okay? And he's like, yeah. He's on the sidelines sitting out of play. They run a jet sweep at us. My man's on the sidelines. He's not in the game. He just jumps out and tackles the kid, gets the flag. And I'm like, buddy, that's 
Get too many men on the field here, bud. Hey, it's seven on seven, Sam, not eight on seven. The dads on the other sideline were roaring. They just laughing their heads off. That's fine. We're good. Anyway, so our we already had like boys day, boys day with the football, and then I'm like, guys, it's Army Navy. It's it's a big deal. We got it. We're, we're watching it, and as we get to the end, I'm like, Sam, you don't even understand. Like this is this is the this is like their Super Bowl. He's like, dad, he's like, but they're four and eight. I said, yep. I said, but this one is honestly all that matters. If you win this one, like that's enough. And then I explained to him, watch when they sing. I said that they basically, they spend the whole year practicing because they want to sing second. The whole thing's about singing second. And so we, we rewound it because they like, they shot the cannon off and I said, watch Navy. I said, I did the same thing you did. I just said, watch Navy. When, when Army gets done, I said, they're going to be respectful and they're going to stand at attention because that's what this is about. It's about respect. Mm-hmm. I said, but when it's over, when they stop singing, now the other guys get to celebrate. And you see Fago up then, and there are a number of midshipmen. And I mean, Navy owned this series for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then Army, particularly under Munkin, has really had a, a good run. Um, and Nehemoth, Ken Niamatololo's team is not not great this year. Mm-hmm. Um but they were, they were great in this game. Their defense yep. balled out, played awesome. And, like, I get it. If you if you spent your Saturdays watching the, the SEC and the Big Ten and the best teams in America and you watch this, is it as good? Of course it's not. It's But it's but you tell me how many atmospheres are as good. You tell me how many post games are as good. I'm going to tell you it's a really short list if there's anything on it at all. And, like, again, I, I use you as my barometer. Cause you, you grade with a very sharp pencil and, but I appreciate that about you. Cause you're not going to someone. If you tell me it's great, I know it's great. And so, uh, and plus we, you know, we had Navy on winners, which uh, is yeah. the only winner I had only winner. Oh. I had no big deal. We had Buffalo. I was kind of a bad beat. Mm. It's a tough one. Really tough one. That will allow us to pivot into the NFL. And I want to, I want to ask you, who do you, who do you think is the best team in the NFC? <laughs> Green Bay. I tend to agree. Um, and as we talk, we're getting ready for Monday Night Football. And Arizona fans, I've kind of I've kind of stumped for you guys all year. Like, I don't know what you all have to do. You're 10 and 2. You already beat the crap out of this Rams team you played tonight in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, your one loss with your starting quarterback was very nearly a win at the end, although Green Bay was. I felt like it was the better team that yep. night. Yep. And don't forget, they didn't have Devontae Adams that night. Mm-hmm. And they figured out a way to possess the ball and got stopped on the goal line, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think I just, with Green Bay, that their defense and Rodgers makes me just trust them. And if this is where a Tampa fan, I imagine, would hold their hand up and go, um, remember, yeah. last, remember last year Yeah, when we went there? And granted, Lambeau wasn't filled um, the way it is now. But I and and if you if you're a Tampa fan, I get it. Just the, the home road splits this year with Tampa are they've only they've only lost away from home. They look awfully tough at home. But it's just interesting to me right, right now. Those two teams, Arizona, Dallas looks off to me on offense. They should have buried Washington on Sunday, and they didn't. And they allowed Washington to sneak back in it. But my God, Parsons on defense 
with a number of guys who've been out coming back, that Cowboys defense is is going to be a, a pain in the ass to deal with in the playoffs. But if if I had to if I had to put a a, na- a name on a piece of paper mid December of who I think will represent the NFC, I it's Green Bay and it's 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 I assume it's I assume they'll end up with home field. Arizona could trump that if they don't lose. Yeah. Um, but but you've said this. I don't know if you said this on record or not. I said last week in this space, I just want to see Mahomes have to go on the road. Mm-hmm. And the way they're playing right now, speaking of defense, they I don't know if they're going to have to. Um, switch. Woohoo. Man, that defense is going. Uh, I want to see him play on the road in the playoffs just because that, that home's too comfortable. I want to see him. I want to have to see him have to suffer a little bit and and really pull something out of his uh, out of the fire on the road. But you said you want to see Brady and Tampa Bay at where? At Arizona. Why? Because the same thing. I want to see Brady. I know he did it last year, but I, I just I don't think anyone if if Tampa gets home field, I don't think anybody's beating him there. Um, Doesn't look and, like it. And now I still think they have the goods to go on the road and win and go to the Super Bowl. I think all th- all three of those. I I still think Dallas can go to the Super Bowl. I really do. I think those four teams. Um, I think this past week with Dallas, with all that was going on, just get in and get out. They didn't have the running backs healthy. I get uh, it. They they built the lead. Um, they got that defense. Dan Quinn's been unbelievable uh, in in turning that that whole switch on on that side. And that's they're going to they're going to be heard from. Um, but I just want to see because you asked what Arizona has to do. That's what they got to do. They got to beat these teams in the playoffs, in the tournament, in advance. And there's nothing they can do about it. You no. know, like, and you know what? They're fine with it too because they know it's about that time where they got everything going. Kyler sat out. I give Kingsbury a ton of credit for having trust in his guys because that's a tough spot. I mean, people had plenty of things to say about his job coming in this year. And to be able to sit and say, you know what? No, we're going to go about this. We'll play the veteran backup QB and we'll win some games and we'll tread water. And sure enough, the other teams fell off. And here they are as the one seed right now as we head into Monday night. But I want to see Brady in Arizona just because I think it'll be that good. I agree. Just I'm all for seeing the the proven. By the way, he's going to win the MVP. He's 44 years old. Mm-hmm. He's Tiger Woods, and and by that I mean he's the guy who's been so good for so long that you you just are numb to it. It is obscene what that dude does. Okay, obscene. He's 44 years old. Mm-hmm. It's irregular, man. This is not not not. This is not par for the course stuff. No, uh, he's going to win the MVP, and I suppose he should. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you no want. Doubt. I mean, it's just a joke how good that guy is. So to see that, to see the old guy tried and true, and Arians, if they if they went out there against Kingsbury and Murray, that will be that really would be a blast. And look, this is. I mean, we had Cliff on last year. I think I'm pretty transparent. I just like the guy. Mm-hmm. And I just, if you still want to talk about it, what he was at Texas Tech, like, what are you doing? What, what's, why, why? Okay, so he had a shitty record at Texas Tech. Okay. He's got the best record in the NFC. Mm. It's December the 13th, man. Like, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think I know what it is. He's good looking. He goes out with models and he sat in that house with a fire pit and you kind of bums you out because you're, Cause you're doing life comparison and you would think I'd rather do that than whatever I'm doing. And I get it. I mean, I, I got mirrors where I live. I don't look like Kingsbury. <laughs> I understand, 
Well, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think his past is kind of held against him in an odd way. And in Kyler's case, I don't know what that is either. I mean, yeah, last year it kind of fell apart. They went up to New England, I remember, at the end of last year, and Belichick kind of put the clamps on them, and then they didn't make the playoffs. Okay, well, they're going to make the playoffs this year. So, and then we'll find out. But I do think that, as you said, Steve, you, you're, you got to get to the playoffs. Well, it's like, I get the teams in the past who didn't make, like, got to the playoffs and then ran into a brick wall. In Arizona's case, that hasn't happened. And maybe that's the whole point. We want to just see you play in a playoff game before we decide you're ready to win a bunch of them. And that isn't unreasonable. I, I guess that's not unreasonable at all. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. AFC-wise, New England had the buy. Kansas City has won a, a bunch in a row. And defensively, they do. That's, just, that's the funniest part of this whole season to me is how Kansas City's defense has become the thing we talk about. And offensively, it's like, yeah, you know, they do enough to win. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because I still feel like there's a gear that they have that when they find it, um, you know, they'll drop 35 on somebody in a hurry. But I mean, now, now we have a decent, we have a decent amount of clarity of who's who and what's what. And now you got four weeks left. Are those four weeks, the last weeks that Urban Meyer coaches the Jaguars? It sure feels like that. Um, Cause it's, I mean, really bad snowballing ball rolling down the hill. Like everything feels like in that direction. I know they had re uh, uh, my man, Shad Khan said he's riding it out. He's going to be the guy, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it, I mean, there's not one good thing, not, not one um, coming out of that camp. Uh, What are they? Two and 11 now, two and 11. You, you made a point, Steve, that I hadn't even considered. And the fact that I hadn't considered it, is really what the story is. Mm. And that is their quarterback. Now, if you follow recruiting, and I always have, because I'm interested. I love college football. I want to know who's going where, so I pay attention. Some people don't. That's fine. I, mm. There's only so much time in the day. If you're not up with who the five-star guys are, you'll figure it out eventually because yeah. – whether it's Saturday football or by the time they get to the NFL. My point here is Trevor Lawrence was a guy everyone knew. Was it going to be Georgia? Was it going to be Clemson? All right, it's Clemson. And he played exclusively in games that people paid attention to his entire college career. Mm -hmm. Got there. They had an incumbent. Remember, he got on the field against Georgia Tech, threw like four touchdowns, and Dabo was like, that's the guy. And pretty quickly, they pivoted, and he was the guy. Mm-hmm. One title, the Jets were trying to suck to get him. Then they had the audacity to actually try, and they won some games, which meant they didn't get him. And New York was apoplectic because they weren't going to get Trevor Lawrence. And he was the number one pick in the draft. And we paid attention to him from the minute he got to Clemson 
till the minute that he got drafted. And Steve, how much have we talked about Trevor Lawrence this year? Zero. It's almost like he's he's not allowed to come on shows. I mean, we got programming all day long, and I get it. Uh, you and I are, are adamant all the time that we don't want to talk about teams that are bad. Let's talk about the teams that are in the mix. Um, in a mix. In the mix. Uh, but <laughs> it's... I don't know what to think, Scott. Like, he doesn't have a lot of help. We knew that. And you hear quarterback guys talk all about all about the time, all the time about the situation, right? Well, he goes to a place, they bring in Marvin Jones, DJ Chark gets hurt. He's on IR. Chenault's been banged up. Uh, not really much in the tight end game. And now here we are at 2-11. and 11. He's completed 58% of his passes. He's thrown for 2,700 yards. He has nine touchdowns and 14 picks, which is the most in the league. He has one touchdown pass in his last six games, and he hasn't thrown for more than 228 yards in any of those games. And I, I pointed out, he doesn't have much help, but I don't know what to think. Like, we talk everything with since the incident at the bar with Urban, that's all it's been. And... I'll admit, like, I haven't gone back and watched the tape to see what he's looked like. I haven't turned on a Jags game because I don't really care what happens. But I just think about all, like, the number one picks of a quarterback. There, it's just, it's just thrown to the side. There's no assessment made, made of them. And it's just, it's, you talk about a lost year. That's what it feels like. And I just wonder about his future. Everybody talks about these years go by, go by. And then the time passes the guy because they never had a real legit situation to succeed in. And I worry that this is example A1, and it might be worse than previous years that we've seen guys struggle. The point about the situation is always the most important when it comes to the quarterback. What, What type of situation do you step in? Look at Herbert with the Chargers. Now, I, it's obvious that he has exceeded what anyone thought he could be, right? But they have, and with Staley this year, you have an uber-aggressive young coach, but you've got Williams, you've got Allen, you've got Eckler, you've got, and it feels like, whether it's, what, like Guyton or Palmer or Cook, it's, it's they just, they pull, <laughs> they pull these stud, talented pass catchers uh, off the bench and put them on the field if need be. And and it's worked out incredibly well. As an aside, the throw yesterday that Herbert made for the touchdown oh. is the, one of the most beautiful things you'll ever witness. Giants are coming with pressure. Herbert steps up. It was like 56 yards in the air in stride for a touchdown. And, I mean, that's sort of the ceiling of what he can do. But that situation is exponentially better than the situation that Lawrence finds himself in in Jacksonville, ETN they draft out of Clemson. He gets hurt. Robinson's been playing through a heel injury. You mentioned the wide receivers. They just don't have a lot to work with. But I saw some of yesterday's game. He had no pick, no touchdowns, four picks. And in a couple of them are just sort of throwing it up. And like, I don't blame him. What, what the hell else is there to do other than throw it long and see what happens? Mm-hmm. But every game he played in his college career, was a bigger deal and paid more attention to than any game he's played in the NFL, which is nuts. It's really, really crazy. And you hit it, uh, you know, the whole off the field incident. uh, And now, you know, 
whether it's true or not that he's calling assistance losers and all, it's it's part of a bigger issue that I find really, really interesting as it relates to coaches. And that's the ones that recognize the lane where they thrive and they stay in it. And I'm talking about Mike Krzyzewski. You know, the Lakers flirted with him. That's got to be intoxicating. You've won national championships. You've won gold medals. It's the Lakers. But I don't know what happened there other than that Kane never left Durham. I know that the NBA has knocked on Tom Izzo's door, another guy who's won a championship, been to a zillion Final Fours. I know they've knocked on Jay Wright's door with Villanova. Again, multiple championships and Final Fours. They, They recognize that this is where I'm great, I'm comfortable, and yeah, the money and that level has to have some appeal if you're good enough to be great at the level you've been at. But I I referenced the cowherd line from many years ago. Don't try to be happier than happy. Recognizing that, that you've got it set up how it needs to be and not stepping out of that uh, is there's genius in that. It's got to be hard because you get comfortable and you want to challenge yourself. Um, but I think, Steve, about the number of play co- coaches in football, whether it's Urban, uh, whether it's Nick Saban, he wasn't a disaster with the Dolphins, but he figured no. out quickly this ain't for me. Mm-hmm. This ain't for me. And what did he do? He left the NFL where he wasn't a disaster, but he wasn't great. And he's been the best coach we've ever seen at Alabama. And it makes me think about Pete Carroll, who's the one guy I can think of, and the and the narrative is totally rewritten on him. When he went to USC, he was a failed NFL coach. There was no juice to that hire when he got it. It was sort of like what? And then he got the grease as hot as you can get it. USC, when they that they were cooking on a level unlike anything else. He won there, then he won in the NFL, and he's one of one, at least in contemporary times, of being able to do both. But I look at Urban, and I see an incredibly arrogant guy. And the arrogance was justified on the college level. He was great at Florida. He was great at Columbus. He was surrounded by people that would look past any issues because they were great on Saturdays. And so here's Shad Khanes. You're going to throw a ton of money at a guy. He's been hugely successful. But what made him great in the lane he was in doesn't apply to the lane he's in now. And it seems apparent that if you stay in that lane, I don't see what changes. You know, I don't know. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And I don't know who's knocking on Urban's door tomorrow. Hey, coach, we got some thoughts on some stuff, you know, because he's just going to pull out the box of rings Mm -hmm. and go, I'm going to listen to you. Did you do this? I did this. Uh, Okay. Okay. Well, we, we, we play for different rings at this level, man. Mm. I just don't, I don't know who's the person who's going to tell him, you got to do it different. And he's right in saying, what do I have to do different? Because what I've done has always worked. Well, yeah, but not at this level. And I find it all, I find it all really interesting, man. Yeah. I really, really do. And the answer to me seems that this ain't the lane for him to be what he was. No, and I think you really start to see the differences. You know, in the NFL, you get caught behind. And sure enough, you know, people thought they were going to win week one because of bad, how bad Houston was. And then forever, it felt like they're on that treadmill. It's stuck at a speed and they can't catch up. 
And you look at how college guys have been able to do it. They load, they stock their rosters. They have multiple four or five star guys. You have options. You change a quarterback. You can't do that in the NFL, man. You got what you got. You drafted a guy one, you're playing him. That's it. It's done. You look down the roster, you basically got 53, man. That's it. The story, it. the story goes back to to Spurrier in the back in the day when he got to Washington. He was, you know, first day of practice. He wanted to split them up, go on one field on offense on one and defense on the other. And they're like, um, coach, um, we don't have 120, man. <laughs> we got half that. Well, well, five and eleven. Not too good. I mean, he just didn't know. He didn't know what he didn't know. And and the recruiting piece is the most important part of this. You're at Florida. You're at Ohio State. You can go get however many five stars. You can you can poach from other schools. You can let them identify guys that you didn't have the time to bother with. That you're like, oh wait, I mean, you know what? That guy's actually really good. We'll just go. We'll go give him a late offer and just steal him. And you stockpile talent. It's not as easy to do now as it once was. But if you're at Florida, Ohio State you're in that handful of truly elite programs that can do it. And you're good forever because you go out the very next year and get 25 more guys and probably three or four of them are five stars. And it's probably 10 or 12, four stars. And you just never, it never ends. Conversely, you got the one pick at Jacksonville because you're, you're the equivalent of Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. and you don't get to go recruit. And then you do get to recruit in free agency. Who's coming if they see that this is what it is? So, I mean, it. I again, I, 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 I. When you and I were talking about this last night after the show, and I just was thinking about like Kay, Izzo, Jay Wright, and there's been college football coaches as well. I, I feel like they're more transient than basketball, and particularly Izzo legend, uh, Izzo uh, Wright, and. Uh, and K, I mean, mostly they, they've, they've made their hay at one place and they just never leave. They're institutions. Mm. And there's reasons for that. Smaller rosters, you become like a, a, a Nike elite school. You've got, you've got advantages that you just, you're smart enough to recognize what those are. Yes. Um, and, but, but I admire the fact that they recognize it as opposed to letting their ego convince them, you know what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go coach the Pistons or I'm going to go coach the Sixers or I'm going to go coach the Lakers because you, you had enough foresight to recognize that that probably isn't going to be the move, man. Um, so I just, I don't know, man. I, I think it's pretty obvious that this is uh, as bad as it gets. They're two and 11. And I go back to before the, in the middle of the season, like, or like, didn't they tweet out, like, we're going to get this right. Or they put up a billboard. Yeah. They're going to fix it. Like I get it. But in retrospect, I mean, don't do that. This is professional football. You don't have to go put up a rah-rah sign that has no chance of proving accurate. It just is going to be used against you later that you just don't understand how far, how deep in this hole you are and how there's no tweet or billboard that's going to rectify it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're not talking about winning games. They're two and 11, you know? Yeah. It's, and it's yeah Sunday, they got beat 57, seven, the last two weeks. And, you know, I saw some of yesterday. It's just, I, I don't know. I'm just glad you didn't give them out in winners. That's good. You got to tease them in the Jets every week. You just blind tease. Well, they're the right side, except they're not. I, I, by right side, I mean no one else will have them. 
And at some point, I'm going to recognize that I don't have to. But that point hasn't arrived yet. Correct. And to put a bow on the Jags, I will say the next two weeks, I will make it a point. They are playing the Texans this week. I will watch that game. And the following week, the day after Christmas, they go to play at MetLife Stadium against the Jets. Wait, so why will you watch them play the Texans? Because I need to see it. I need <laughs> to see. It. That's why. I what? saw I saw some on Sunday, and I would just suggest, <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, I have some I hate, Steve. Yeah, do it. Steve and I have lengthy lists talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. Once a week, one thing a week. Here's what I hate. I hate when it's two weeks before Christmas and I look at the long range forecast and there's no chance for any cold weather or snow. I hate it. When we lived in Connecticut, there was always a, a vague chance of it. Right now here in the DMV, I'm looking at the extended. We got some 60s, which is just awful. And for those of you that aren't winter, winter weather lovers, you're like, what are you talking about? Why would you want it to be cold? I want it to be cold because when I'm driving around here and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I want it to look like Christmas. And it doesn't look like Christmas when people are running around in shorts. And I hate it that we got no shot at nothing. Nothing. If it's going to be 40-something by Christmas, all right, at least it's a little bit chilly. At least it's not 70 or something. But... I like the chance of a white Christmas, and there is none, and that makes me sad. All right. Sorry. You don't care, I know. I have a couple questions for you. I am ready to answer them. Okay. Tell me what I should have done today when I go grocery shopping, mm -hmm. and I ask for a pound of white American cheese and a couple other things, and I come back. And the lady says, here you go. Here's everything. And it's a half pound of white American cheese. And I'm just shaking my head. And I said, I asked for a full pound. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay. So I put my head down, whatever. I'm checking stuff in the, in the car. And I come back and I have a tap on my shoulder. And it's a lady. And she went over to the side. You know, how they have the prepackaged cheese. Mm -hmm. She hands me a half pound of the prepackaged cheese and said, well, here's your other half pound. Mm -hmm. What should I have done? Uh, added up the added up the half pounds in your head and said you had a pound and walked away. It's cheese. Like, what? What difference did it make? You wanted her to cut you a new half pound of cheese? I did, but I took the prepackaged cheese and left because I didn't want to make a scene. <sighs> A scene over cheese, like correct. What's the difference? It's cheese. Like if you buy American craft, American singles that are wrapped up, they've been cut. God knows how long ago, but you unpeel it and it's delicious and you eat it. And that's fine. 
What like you wanted a fresh cut cheese? Yes. What for why? How's it different? Because that's what I ordered. I understand. She just made it. She just she what if they cut that cheese the day before. Then you have day old cheese. I don't want that. I'm when you put a premium in the, price for my cheese. What are we talking about? How much is a pound of cheese? This is like Price is Right. I don't know. If you told me it was 36 bucks, I'd go, okay. As Steve covered earlier, I don't, I'm not a great comparative shopper. I don't know what cheese costs. I just buy it and inflation, man, it's kind of running amok. I don't know what it is. You, know, I, I, you pay for premium cheese. It's American white cheese. Like you're not getting like Harvardi or something. You're not okay. getting some high-end cheese. It's cheese. And guess what? When your kids eat it three days from now, you know what they're eating? Three-day-old cheese. What okay. difference does it make? I will add, this is probably the 12th straight week that they could not have gotten the order right, too. So I, I agree that it's, it's, it's not it's, going well. It's not it's going it. well at the deli. Uh, it's interesting how often pound, half pound or whatever, oh. they just start cutting and then they're like, they really like, and like, I got to believe they're like halfway and they're like, is it a pound or half? I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Just slap it in, put it in the sure, ziplock, and there and then you then go. You're like, ma'am, I asked for a pound. I do like, that's a power move. She walked over to the prepackage and she, she said, did. hey, buddy, hey, buddy, here's your half pound. Here's your cheese. Now keep it like moving. It. Now keep it moving. <laughs> Do me a favor and take a hike. All right. All right. That was that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. That okay. was good. Okay. You have pointed out, thanks to my old college buddies of posting old pictures, whether it was an all white Nike hat or bleach blonde hair, <sighs> yep. um, that I've had some flaws with the look. Um, last week, we showed a vault from you. I believe it was about 13 years ago. Uh-huh. And there was a suit you had on. Yep. But then there's the soul patch. Mm-hmm. I need to know what went into establishing and getting the soul patch mm-hmm. and what ended up being the decision to get rid of the soul patch. That's a good question. Um, I think this is, I'm going to name drop here. I, so I'm standing at, at Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio, going okay. to talk to the great Jack Nicholas. And Jack looks at my lip and he says to me, he, he, he pointed and, he, and I want everybody right now to picture a, a, an older person, not old, but older than you, pointing at your lip and doing the thing where they wave their finger going, what are, what are, what are we doing here, Scott? What are, what are, what are we doing? And I'm like, I said, Jack, this is, I said, it, my hair fell out of my head. It's growing out of my ears. This is the only place above my neck where I'm in charge of where the hair grows. And I can't grow a beard. I mean, you see my face. I don't have, yeah. I can't grow a beard. I have, I have a horrible patchy. It's not even patchy. It's just, just disaster. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of grew it. And Jack's like, that looks terrible. Shave it off. And my mom also told me it was terrible. And both Jack Nicholas and my mom were right, but I was just being stubborn because it was like, I'll show you Jack Nicholas. I'll keep this soul patch. And it, I don't know. I think I just, it like it grows and I didn't, and I didn't shave it. And I'm like, I'll just let that keep going. Hmm. Well, nobody in my life that was See, I always say this about about famous athletes. 
you need to have people close enough to you who aren't on scholarship that will tell you the truth. Like, hey, you're being an ass or hey, you shouldn't do this. No one that was close to me just was like, hey, Van Pelt, it's just you look like a total douche. Just shave it. And then at some point, and it was way longer than it should have been. Mm. Um, I had an epiphany that it was horrible and I shaved it. You know, what? I'm going to give a shout to one of my old guys. A shout to my golf channel. When was one of my roommates in the flop house in Orlando? My man, Anthony Storm. A Storm. I think it, he's in Los Angeles. And he was troubled enough to like send me a text. And I think he was just like, He's like, bro, he's like, you got way too much soul to have a patch. And I didn't, you know what? I did have someone help me on top of Jack Nicholas is my mom. Mm. And I just, I ignored them. And I wished in retrospect that I would have listened. But, um, but yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened to, uh, with Scott and the soul patch, <laughs> the old patch. The old soul patch. All right. Okay. God, this is a depressing end to this week's conversation. But you know what? I, I think all of us, all of us would be well served to sort of look back at, you know, at the fits that we were rocking and ask ourselves, do we feel good about them? Because we're probably not. There's probably, we probably all got some moments. Mine just were televised. <laughs> Mine were televised. All right. Last one. Would you rather, before you leave? Yep. Would you rather eat a whole candy cane or a handful of candy corn? Candy cane. Okay. Very seasonal. It's um, it's got a nice bite to it. A nice, a nice uh, sort of pep that pepperminty sort of a in your in your nasal passages, and it, it gets stuck in your teeth. Um, Real sticky in the hands if you don't care. No the question. No Very question. Very dangerous. It's uh, some of those I've had are like darn super glue. Agree. It is. It's a strange consistency to it. I keep would agree with that. Keep the wrapper with the kids. Keep there the wrapper on people. Now, again, I, would I choose either? No, uh, no. But you asked me, what would I rather? Yeah. And uh, I'm passing on eating an actual like candy corn, which is like chewing. Like, can, like It's a candle. Hey, you want to go to hey, you want to go to Sephora? And and not a can. No, I'm going to pass. I'm good. All set. All righty. feel like this was a good one. This the season. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. It's going to be 65 degrees, so you're not going to have any snow. Goodbye.